Hey guys, I'm here with Tola Ugunleve. He's my mental coach. And today we will talk a lot about the mental aspect of sports and especially kickboxing. Um, Tola, can you introduce yourself shortly? Oh, thanks for having me on, Kami. Um, so my name is Tola Ugunleve. I am a sports lawyer, first and foremost, also a sports performance coach. So I basically help athletes master the mental, the physical, and the business aspects of sport. So with that business aspect comes the law angle, but then we have the mental and aspects, like what I do with Kami, and helping her better understand her sports, and of course, perform to the best of her own abilities. Nice. Um, Tola, the first question, it's maybe a bit tricky because I know there's always someone standing out, but I would like to hear your personal opinion. Do you think it's possible to become a successful athlete without practicing the performance mentality? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. And I think that, you see, the, the, the stigma with a lot of that is, and I've said this, you know, so many times to so many different athletes. You know, sports is the only thing that you start doing. There's pressure attached to it because you have to deliver other. So that we have internet connection issues. Right? Think about school. You know that. Can you hear me? No. Ah. <laughs> No. <laughs> only. <laughs> no, sorry. Only. Okay, well, let's I try. can hear, but it's lacking and it's uh, slowly and then it's really fast. And it's when you said okay, no, well, it's like, some. no. <laughs> what, about, what about now? This is good for now. Is this good? Yeah. Can you try to talk a little bit more? I oh, know it's lacking. Ah. Not more better. Not better? No, it's lacking. Mm. What of now? Now it's good. Can you talk a little bit more? Is it better now? Can you hear me clearly? Is it lagging? Is it missing? Is it? Now it's good. Now it's good. Now it's good. Are you sure? Yeah. Right so now. Should I, I should start the answer again. Yes. Okay, good. So definitely, yes, I agree that it's there, there's no way the mental aspect is not important. And I always give this example, right? When I talk to athletes, sports is the only thing that you do where when you started doing it, you weren't under pressure to perform or to deliver. Let's use your job, for example. From day one, when you get a job, you know that you have to deliver, otherwise you get fired. You know that you have to deliver to get an increase in pay. You know that you have to work more hours to get more money, right? Let's use school, for example. The minute you get into school, you know there's a degree that you're trying to get, right? You know that there are exams that are coming up. So you fail the exams, you don't go to the next class. 
right? You fail the exams long enough, you don't graduate with any degree. So I think the reason why it's like this in sports is because when you started playing your sports, it was all fun and games. Nobody expected you to make the team. Nobody expected you to go to the world championships. Nobody expected you to go to the world cup or any, anything that is the highest level in your sport. Nobody expected that of you. All you were doing was that you were playing your sports and you were having fun. But as you continue to advance in your sport, right? As you continue to go up the levels, you then realize that, oh, wow, now I have to make the team. Now there are other people competing for positions with me. Now I have to prove that I am one of the best. If not, I don't go to the next level. So at this point where this is coming in, right? What's the number one factor? You had been so used to playing your sport for just fun. So that's why we tell athletes that it is impossible without that mental element, except you just want to continue playing for fun. No expectations. You don't want to win any trophies. You don't want to make any teams. You just want to have fun, except that. If that's not the case, you want to make the team. You want to win a medal. You want to go to the world championships. Um, you want your name to be known, right? You want sporting, proper sporting achievements then there's no way the mental game doesn't play a role. Absolutely no way. Okay, great answer. Um, then I would like to hear, because I want people to resonate with this from the beginning. So I would like to hear uh, what are some of the most common things that, that the young athletes come to you and say, I have troubles with this and this. Um, can you mention some of them? So um, the first one, which off the top of my head comes up is, their abilities to transfer their training performances to the main game. You know, and just like I used with this example, right, where you've been playing your sport for fun for so long, you've been playing for sport for fun, and then all of a sudden, there's now the pressure on you to actually deliver. So all those things that you have been doing for fun, all those things that you have been enjoying without any pressures, when it's now time to actually deliver it, right, What happens? You struggle. So that's one of the first things. And I, I see this regularly with athletes who will tell you that, look, I'm really good at my sports. Like I can really play. All my friends say I can play, right? When they come and watch me in training, when they come and watch me in practice, like I'm the star of the show. And they're like, okay, Tola, come and watch me play. And I come to watch them play the first time and they're not so good. I, I won't say they are crap, but they're not so good, right? <laughs> And the first thing they try to do is to convince me that, honestly, I just had a bad day. Like, I am so good at what I do. Like, I, I can play, I can do all these things. So that's one of the struggles that I've seen the most, where athletes train well, but they cannot take that same level of performance and transfer it to proper games where those things are actually now needed. And I think the second struggle is when it comes to issues of self-confidence. And of course, you asked me um, that, that, that question. So if you find athletes that long enough, right, they train well, they don't perform well, what's one thing that's going to happen? Their confidence is going to take a beating, right? Because yeah. I just trained well yesterday. Today, I was supposed to play a game and I struggled. That would take a toll on your confidence, right? And at that point, that's when they now get a proper introduction into what the mental game is about, right? So they now start doubting themselves. It's no longer physical because they've established that 
in training I can play, but when we get to the main game, I struggle, which is now affecting my confidence, which is another part, and it's now messing up with my mind. So I would say that those are the two that I see the most of, and they're usually performance-related. Okay, I'm happy you mentioned this because this is actually what I would like to talk more about. Um, because when I prepared this interview, I was thinking, what are the things I first came to you with? What were my issues back then? And luckily, we have shared a lot of emails, so I could just yeah. go back and check it. And the first email mentioned this issue that when it's time to perform, and it makes sense that it's in the performance uh, settings, because this is when it's the most clear that you have an issue. Mm -hmm. uh, but then I could sometimes have the feeling that I was not on the mats, even though I was just fighting, I was physically on the mats. I had the feeling like I was not there, almost like a blackout. And mm. I would really like to talk more about this. What happens when you know, I did this in training just yesterday. I know I can do all of these things, but when it's time to perform, things doesn't work for me. So can mm. we dig into this? I know it's wide, but we can just try to take it like small steps. Mm. Mm. I, I think we just zone in a little bit to, to kind of like look at the causes. Now, um, don't forget that the, the peculiar situation of each athlete is different. So yeah. I would just try to, uh, I'll try to like summarize, you know, maybe use like an imaginary athlete, you know, so that at least the point gets passed across. When you have issues or when you come across athletes who, you know, physically they're where they play their sports. So for you now it's point fighting, right? But mentally their mind is not there and, and they kind of black out. Now that tells me, or that points out two issues. Now, the first one is when you overload the brain, right? So, you know, this, this is not even just peculiar to athletes. It's, it's human nature generally. If you overload the brain with too much information, there's something that would usually occur. So you would see this when people talk about flight or fight. So flight or flight response, you know, so when maybe they are backed into a corner, right? So Hold they on. either choose the to fight. The connection is going back. Okay, but ah. you, yeah. But you, yeah, hold on. You said that you see that when a fighter is fight or flight. So if you can start there. Or just from the beginning, up? you decide, yes. Can you hear me now? Yeah. It's good? Yeah. You can hear me now? Yeah. You can hear me? Yes. Okay, great. So what I was saying is that you will see this usually in things that people call fight or flight responses. So you know how people are backed into a corner, right? And they either choose to fight or they choose to fly. So that's the flight aspect where they literally take off. It's something similar when it comes to sports. So if you overload the brain, right, when you're performing your sport, more often than not, if you're not equipped with the mentality and the mental skills to handle that overload, what happens is that you would freeze. So I suppose that, that is what you are calling it's like you don't know what you're doing. It's like everything is literally a blur in that particular moment. It is usually because first and foremost, this is where preparation comes into play, right? 
Are you following me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. It was just lacking like, a bit. I was wondering if it, I should stop, but it was just a bit. <laughs> just a bit, yeah. So let's just go. Yeah. So this is usually where the preparation comes in, right? So if you know that you are one of those athletes, right, who tend to, you know, freeze or you tend to black out or you tend to struggle in the moment when it comes time to execute, that is something that your preparation can actually take care of. And this is one of the things that you, you, yourself and I have discussed over time in terms of, of running through various scenarios in your mind. So the first step, the first step obviously is learning your spot to the point where the details register in your subconscious, right? So you're not learning those things on the surface. You're learning them deeply. In your sleep, you can remember those things. Someone wakes you up from the bed. You can remember those things. So that's the first aspect. The second aspect now is where you now prepare yourself as much as possible. So you look at the situations. Okay, what if I'm fighting this particular athlete and I happen to freeze in this particular moment? So the first question you're asking in preparation is what would make me freeze? That's the first question. What will make me freeze? So now you can come up with a few answers, right? Okay, uh, maybe the person did something unexpected. If it's that the person did something unexpected, the next question that follows from that is, what could those unexpected things be? So now it's not like things are just hanging in the air. You are getting down to specifics. Is it that they're throwing a particular kind of kick? Is it their stance? Is it um, um, their shuffle? Is it they are rushing? What exactly could those things be? But what you will see with a lot of athletes is that they are not ready in preparation to go into this type of detail. So because they don't want to go into this type of detail in preparation, what happens is that they're going to go to the fight and they're going to see how things go. So when you go to the fight and you see how things go, what happens is that when you then meet that thing that is unexpected, you're going to freeze. You're going to black out and it's going to be like, okay, what do I do now? The only problem is that you are in the process of executing. You don't have time to be thinking about too many things. You know, and this is one of the things that we've also touched on, you know, in trying to prepare you for tournaments and prepare you for competitions as well. You want to limit all that thinking. Now we know there's thinking before, during and after, fine. But when you're faced with the problem, you freeze, you black out, you know, that's not when you want to be asking yourself, oh, what could I have done? Oh, what could I, what could this have happened? How could I have done this? You are in the middle of a fight. That's not the time you have to do this thing. So that would be my initial response to when things like that happen. Let's go back to learning our sports on the subconscious level. Let's also ensure that in preparing, we're trying to factor in as many of these things as possible that we can. Nice. Okay. What if you're someone who just gets really easily distracted? Oh, so that means we are now beginning to work on focus, right? So there are, there are several drills, right? And, and you see this um, with, with coaches who realize that there are specific athletes, right, that have this particular type of focus issues. Now, distraction, right, can come in many forms, right? The things that are distracting you. So, for example, if in the middle of the fight, right, you are thinking too far ahead or you are thinking too much about what has happened in the past. Now, that's a different kind of discussion. 
that means that you, the athlete, you are not being present in that moment, right? So in, 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 in mental skills terms, they, 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 they will term it being where your feet are, right? So if that's the type of distraction or that type of focus issue that the athlete has, then what you have to do ultimately is to remind yourself to be in that moment. When you're thinking about the result, you have to execute to get the result. So you come back to execution, right? When you're thinking about what has happened in the past, if you didn't prepare the way that you should have prepared, you're not going to change that in that present moment, right? That ship has sailed. You are already at the fight. If you had one day left, yes, you can change your preparation a little bit and you know try to work on some things. You don't have that luxury of time. So if you don't have that luxury of time, what do you do? You bring yourself back to the moment and you tell yourself, hey, I'm going to work with what I work with. I'm going to work with what I have. Whatever it is that has gotten me to this particular point is what I am going to do. I'm not changing anything because I can't even change anything at all. So that's the first type of distraction and focus issue that you have. The second one, right, is before the actual fight. So in preparation, I see when you're having this type of distractions, it's usually because of indiscipline. And I'll explain, right? So when I say indiscipline, right, you have a fight that is two weeks away, or you have a fight that is three weeks away, right? And instead of having mapped out your training, that, okay, first week of training, we're going to train five times, right? On Monday, this is what we're doing. We have a day off on Tuesday. Wednesday, this is what we're doing. Thursday, this is what we're doing. You know, you, you, you have it literally mapped out, right? If you have it mapped out, the only business or the only thing that you have to do is to follow what you've already laid out. So when you're getting distracted, your friends want to host parties. That's a distraction of indiscipline, right? Or there are certain foods that you want to eat, which you have missed for so long. Why is it in the middle of training camp that that is then coming to your mind that that is what you want to do in that moment? Do, do, do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Are you, yeah. Are you, are you getting the point I'm making? So yeah. that's a different type of distraction entirely. The one that happens pre-fight, the ones that happen in the fight, completely different. So when you as the athlete understand which type of distraction this is, then it's easier for you to approach it than attack it. Nice. Okay, wow. I really like this. Makes sense? Uh, yes. But can we, because this was a question on, on Instagram. So if you, if you lose your concentration in the fight, what can you do? So you lose your concentration in the fight. You see, it's, it, it's very easy from the point of losing concentration to allow things to spiral out of control, right? Mm -hmm. So you lost concentration and then everything begins to go bad, 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 bad. Mm -hmm. So what you can do in situations like this is, you know, like I said, it would always depend on the specific circumstances with that particular athlete. So this is more like, yeah. you know, general examples and all of that. So one of the things that you can do is to always know your cues. So what are the things that tell you that you've lost concentration? You understand? What are the things that tell you that you're deviating from the plan? So if you have things and maybe you, you, you kind of like assign things that help you remember that, oh, I'm losing. So for example, you have a game plan um, um, not to 
not to close distance so sporadically, right? So in terms of timing, how you close the distance or how you rush, right? So the first time around you rushed, right? And you got tagged, right? The second time around you rushed again and you got tagged. What is something that is going to tell you that you are losing concentration? Because what would then happen is that if you've gotten tagged twice and you're down by two points already, depending on how the scoring system is, what then happens is that, that you want to overcompensate for the two points that you have lost. Yeah. So it then becomes from one mistake to the next mistake, to the next mistake, to the next mistake. And of course, before you know it, everything is done. So what are the cues that you can set for yourself that help you know when you are losing concentration, where you can then bring yourself back and say, hey, I lost concentration. It cost me but there's nothing I can do about that now, mm-hmm. right? So from the point where I've realized it now, moving forward, how do I then change it? So it's basically about how you can bring yourself back after you've lost concentration and preventing yourself from spiraling out of control. Mm-hmm. And can you give, give an example of such a cue? So, you know, like I said, it would, it would, it would depend on the specific athlete. So, um, for let's say, let's say there's an athlete. So let me just try to use a a particular, a specific example in the sense that let's say there's an athlete who normally, right. You are normally a very cautious athlete, right? Mm -hmm. So in the sense that when you're fighting your, your heart rate is always low, right. You are always calm and composed, right. But maybe because of certain decisions you have made in that fight, you find out that your heart rate is up, right? You find out that you are restless. You're not as calm and composed as you should be. You know, there are certain athletes that you would see, right? So whether that's point fighting, whether that's boxing, whether that's mixed martial arts, whichever one it is, where they are always calm and composed, right? There's nothing anybody can do. They would always be calm and composed. For that type of athlete, when they find themselves restless or when they find themselves unsettled, that can be a cue for that athlete that, hey, come, something is wrong, right? Mm. Maybe that's because I'm losing my concentration. Or maybe you're an athlete, right, who there are certain things in your sport that never happen to you. You understand? That never happen to you. So um, you never get hit with certain punches. You never get Mm. kicked in a certain way. And then in your Mm. fight those things are happening that could be a cue okay that makes sense right yeah so that could be a cue for you that things are getting out of hand does that answer your question yes sorry it was just lacking a bit but only in the end so it doesn't matter um Okay, can you try to say something? Because I'm not sure if it's... Uh... Can you hear me now? Yes. But it's uh, a little bit delayed. Can you try again? Yeah, if, it, if it's delayed, it's fine. It will, it will still come. Perfect. Okay. Um... Okay. And can you also tell more about the self-confidence because I know that you already mentioned it and you made a nice story and everything but I would just like because this is something that people ask about a lot 
it seems to be a struggle for every like for, from a newcomer even to the world champions they struggle with the self confidence mm. so so um you know like i like i said in that short video that i did um that's just one way or one of the ways <coughs> sorry about that <laughs> that's just one of the ways that um um you can develop your confidence so which is the competence angle right so naturally as you get better in your sport you should feel confident about yourself naturally and because you feel confident about yourself you also want to do that thing better right you know so um you, you started fighting your sport today you won your first fight and you won pretty convincingly that will give you the confidence to go back in training and try other things right so you go back in training you try other things you go to your second fight and you win again right it's natural that that would increase your confidence to another level which then wants you to go back again to the gym to work on your craft again and that's why you see this a lot with combat sports the longer an athlete goes on beating the higher their self confidence is the longer you so you see people on five fight win streaks seven fight win streaks on beating in their professional careers right those guys their confidence is sky high why because they have proved that they are competent at their sport but that is just one angle there are, there are several other sources of self-confidence right in sports so it is now up to you the athlete right to aside from this competence angle which kind of sits at the top right it is now up to you the athlete to then look for the others the other sources the other sources that work specifically for you now one of these sources right might be a coaching source so the source of your confidence in your sport can actually be your coach. So in the sense that the way your coach talks to you, um, the way your coach coaches you, the kind of relationship that you have, like you, anytime you see them, like, boom, you're just confident, you're ready to perform, you're ready to do all those things. You see, for others, it's experience. So in the sense that because I have been doing this for so long, right? I know I can do it in my sleep, right? I know I can do this like, like 1,000 times, right? For others, it's just either, it, it's a case of maybe they either trust their coach or they trust themselves. So let me give you an example now. So you know how over the last few days there about, you know, I haven't been feeling my best, right? So of course I sent you that voice note, you know, my voice was all cracky and all that. I was like, okay, can we move this on, right? Now, obviously, I haven't had time or I've had little time to prepare for this interview or to even, you know, see if I could. I know you sent me some things, but, you know, trust me, I didn't even I, I couldn't even check it. Right now, the source of my confidence right in doing this episode, number one is experience because I've done this for so long. And number two is I trust myself to deliver in any situation whatsoever. Right. I you can you can wake me up from sleep. You want to talk about <laughs> sports law. You want to talk about mental performance. Like 
I can do those things in myself. I trust myself to do it. So what is the source of confidence for you, right, that you believe in the most? Is it your coaches? Is it trust? Is it the experience that you have? It is, is it competence for you? Is, is competence the thing that sits at top, which means that you know that you have to constantly learn and get better at that thing. So the more competent I am, the more confident I am. And the reason I say this, guys, is yes, naturally competence is good, but for some athletes, the more competent they are, the more pressure they are under. Does this make sense? In a bad way? The more way? competent they are, the more pressure they are under. And that's where the fear of success comes in. Mm. So because I've done this before, others are going to expect me to do it again. Yeah. If I do it again, then they're going to expect me to be able to continue to do it. So whilst for one athlete, the more competent they are, the more confident they are. For the other athlete, the more competent he gets, the more he feels under pressure to perform because people will start expecting more of him. So these are just some more examples. Obviously, I mean, if we had to go into all the details, you know, talk about <laughs> self-efficacy and all those things, like, we could spend like another two hours detailing all of this. Know, yeah. But one of the things that I would always advise and which I advise your audience listening now is don't try complicated mental skills when you haven't mastered the basics, right? Because you're always going to find athletes who they want to learn the top-notch stuff. They want to learn the higher things, right? What level are you? in your sport currently, right? We have to determine that level first. If you determine the level that you are, maybe all you need is just to get competent, right? Those fundamentals in your sport, get better at it. Again, leave all this um, 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 coaching, trust, experience, all these other sources that I've given you now, leave all of that aside because for some of those people, like me now, I've been podcasting now for about what? Six years, they're about 26, five years, they're about. You, Kami, we've been talking what now? 18 months, they're about. So anyone that sees your progress, right, will be like, oh, I can be like Kami in two days. It's taking Kami 18 months to get to where she is now. So yes, we are sharing all these examples and we're going broad, but for you, the athlete specifically, find out the level that you are and start with the most basic things as you continue to build up. That's really good advice. And I would just like to add that, yeah, you did what? Three, no, how many episodes of your podcast, Ola? 700 and something. 700 episodes. And you guys should definitely check it out. It's called Athlete Maestro. 700 episodes, I cannot believe it. It's amazing, <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> Okay, but Tola, there's one thing that you often mention, which is there are ways you can lose and there are ways you can definitely not lose. Can you tell us about this? Oh, fantastic. And I think that's, that's one of the things that um, we've also worked on in, in, in the last few months. 
So I, I have um, this philosophy, right, with all the athletes um, that I work with and in trying to instill in them, right, the, the, the way to understand the game and the way they should go about their sport. And one of the things that we talked about is in terms of assessing your performance as an athlete, so when you're done performing, in terms of assessing your performance, there are certain things I must not hear as your mental coach, right? <laughs> there are certain things you mustn't come back to me whilst we're reviewing a performance where the re- <coughs> sorry about that, where the reasons why you lost, I must not hear it. And one of the first things, right, is that if you are ever going to lose, right, you should never lose because your mind let you down. So you know how you see those athletes who, when it gets they're done. So and a perfect example of this was the NBA Finals in 2000 and either 2010, no, 2000 and, 2007 or 2010 or something. The one that LeBron James played in, right? And you could tell even before the fight was over, the commentators, the, 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 the game rather was over because they either played, they played the Dallas Mavericks or the San Antonio Spurs, one of those two, can't remember specifically. And the commentators, before the fight was over, they were already saying it that LeBron James has checked out. Like mentally, pew, he was out of the stadium. It was just a case of let's complete the game so that everybody goes home. Mentally, he had checked out. So the first way that as an athlete, you should never lose is to let your mind let you down, right? So the occasion got to be mentally you checked out because you had made a series of mistakes. Mentally, you check out because you feel like you can't come back and win. Mentally, you check out because you feel that your coach doesn't believe in you. Mentally, you check out because you feel your teammates are not passing the ball to you or they don't believe in you or they are not supporting you. Mentally, you just check out. So more or less, you just complete the motions, but you're not there. You -hmm. just complete the motions, you're not there. That's number one. The number two way that you should never lose is because of effort, right? Because of effort. The fact that you lost, it should never be down to effort. You know, so somebody who doesn't know you, right? And who watched that fight or they watched that game, right? And they say, it looked like that athlete was only giving 50% effort. That should never be you, ever. If you are going to lose, you lose with 100% effort. You leave every single thing out there. Right, You come out from the fight, you come out from the game, and you know that I gave every single thing. And of course, that brings us to how you lose. If you lose because your opponent was better than you, that's, that's, that's not a reason to be angry about. That is even more reason for you to get to work and find out why they were better than you. Yes, you should be angry. Yes, you should be upset. But if it was because they were better than you, that's a good reason. The other reason is because they employed better tactics in that particular fight or in that particular game. Because like I always tell you guys, right? Sports is all about strategy and tactics. I don't care if it's the marathon. I don't care if it's um, 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 fencing. 
you know, all the sports that you would think don't have anything to do with strategy and tactics. Every single sport on the face of the earth has strategy to it. So today was the, um, so as at the time of this recording, I don't know when you guys are listening to this, today was the final race of the Formula One season. So it was a head-to-head battle between Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen. Now, Max Verstappen won the title on the last lap due to a tactical change that he made towards the end of the race. Yes, there was a bit of luck and things like that, but due to a tactical change that he made that Lewis Hamilton did not make, he won that race, right? So if it's because of tactics that you lost, that's fine. It means that your opponent was maybe not better than you in terms of what they could do, but they employ better tactics. <clears throat> that's something that you can learn from. That's something that you can go and improve. Oh, wow. I never thought about these tactics before. This person used these tactics against me and they won. Let me go and study the tactics. How did they use it against me? Why was it this effective? Why did it work this well? Yeah, so all of those questions are good questions to have as opposed to I checked out mentally or I gave 50% effort. So if you are ever going to lose, lose in those ways I mentioned, never lose in the other ways. If you lose in the ways that I mentioned you not to lose, if you ever come to me, I will not respond to your emails or I won't pick your calls. Exactly. I think this was one of the most important things I've learned. Um, this is such a good way of, of looking at your sport, I think, because sometimes you can get really sad and filled with emotions when you lose. Mm. And this is just a really good way of looking at it because it's statistically not possible to win every time. So you have to lose. So you of have course. to find out why you lose <laughs> and what you can do about it. Um, perfect. Another thing you always say is you have to be a student of your sport. And yep. with that comes that you have to analyze your sport. And I also remember that one of the things I had really big issues with in the beginning was when I looked at the sport, mm-hmm. I couldn't understand the situations. Like, so <laughs> I see it's a point fighting game. I see what are the options, what can people do, but I didn't understand the next level. Like, why? how does this person know that this is the time to do this thing and how does he build it up and make sure that his opponent is doing this thing? So can you tell me something about how do you learn this really in-depth analyzing part of the sport? Mm, mm. That's, a, that, that, that's a good question. That's a, re- that's a really good question. You know, and I, and I think that it would shed, it would shed a lot of light, you know, into like, I, like I always say, and I, and I always tell you this as well, there are levels to the game and there are levels to every sport. So what you should always do as an athlete is always start at the lowest level and work your way up. Right. So you have guys, so there was, um, I, I was watching, I was watching an NFL game um last weekend either last weekend or two weekends ago right so there was a reporter right that asked after the game they asked um one of the um one of the tight ends in the game about a particular play that happened during the game a 
particularly so they, they weren't asking his opinion on the whole game they were asking his opinion about a particular play from the game and this guy goes into detail like literally he he, he first and foremost he recounts the play right then he tells the reporter what happened in the play that led to the result that got that they got in that particular play and i was like whoa like <laughs> that's a guy who has unlocked a particular level and what are these levels that i'm talking about right so the first level guys is where you watch your sports right? <coughs> from the outside so you're not you're not looking for plays you're not looking for tactics you're not looking for anything specific but you're watching the game right you're just watching the game so you would find people right you find athletes who first and foremost before we even start talking about tactics um and what this particular athlete is doing why they are doing this in a particular way they can't even watch their sports right they can't even watch their sport to start with for whatever reason that is, they just can't watch the sport. So that's the first level, your ability to sit down and watch your sport. So there were certain UFC fights. So at the time of this recording, there were certain UFC fights that took place today. One of the guys who won, they asked him about something that happened during the fight. And he told the reporter, I said, I have to go back and watch the film very well before I can really talk about what happened. Right. So this is a guy who he didn't just go out blabbing and just saying something that he didn't deeply understand. Hold he said, on, hold on. I have hold to go back and watch the film, right? Before hold I can dissect it. Still hear oh. me? Uh that one was lacking a lot. Can you try to talk again? Okay, great. Can you hear me now? No. <coughs> Is it better now? No. <laughs> nope. Try now. <coughs> Is it better now? Yeah, but it's also something with the microphone. It's uh, nope. saying some weird sound. What sound is that? Is that would that be oh, from me? Oh, now this is good. Now this is smooth. Yeah. Okay. Can you start from the UFC? Yeah. So I said there were there were certain UFC fights at the time of this recording that you know that took place so um um charles Oliveira versus dustin Poirier and and some other fights right and there was a particular guy who won his fight and he was being asked after the fight so the post-match press conference right so they were trying to ask him about something that happened during the fight and he told the reporter specifically he said I have to go back and watch the film before I can talk about anything that happened, right? 
So in the first example that I gave you from the NFL athlete who, boom, was able to remember immediately what happened mm. and he was telling them, then this other guy who says, hey, I have to go back and watch the film before I can tell you anything specific, right? So the first level is to actually be able to sit down and watch film. Talking about how, you know, this particular tactic, or this person did this, or this person did that, when they cannot even sit down to watch their sports. If you ask the average young athlete, right, if they can sit down two hours on YouTube and watch their sport, what would they tell you? Absolutely not. What? Two hours, no way, right? They would rather be watching a movie, they would rather be watching series, so the first step is to be able to watch. The next step is to now find out if you can break down the game from one side, right? If you try to watch the two people competing at the same time, they're going to miss everything, obviously. So whether that's football, whether that's basketball, whether that whichever sport it is, if you try to watch now, we're talking about, we're taking it up the levels now and we are seeing you advance, Right. So first step is to watch. Second part is to watch one side first. <clears throat> so what is it that this person is trying to do? What is it that this team is trying to do? When you finish with that one, right, let's go to the other side. So the other athlete, the other team, what is that person trying to do? What is that team trying to do? What tactics are they trying to employ? So when you leave that level, now let's see if I can watch both together to see how what I have identified on each side, how is it now beginning to play out? And of course, this is where cataloging now comes in. And this is one of the things that we, we, we also spoke about and I talked about with you as well, in terms of you, you notice, you learn, you realize a particular tactics in your sport, find a way to note it down. What you're doing is that you're building your memory bank. Mm -hmm. In terms of, oh, I remember when this tactic was used. Oh, I remember when this one was used. Oh, I remember when this happened, right? You're building your memory bank of all these things that you can call on when it's time to execute. So it starts with the ability to watch first. When we are done with watching, then we can advance to the next level. Okay, let's see if we can watch one side. If you can watch one side, let's see if you can watch the other side. If you can watch the other side, let's now see if you can watch the two together to see see how they are trying to implement those things so in a nutshell you know that's that that's kind of it nice this was a really great breakdown i really like this and and i remember actually when like when i started looking at my fights i was so annoyed because it was this feeling one fight is maybe 10 minutes right and i could barely push myself through that like i was thinking mm. why don't i just watch netflix instead like but maybe it's also because i didn't get anything out of watching because i was not used to watching the fight you know so yeah it took some time to get used to it and be comfortable with it and not be bored with it because you actually start looking for some things mm -hmm. in the fight yeah okay let me check the time okay it's running fast as usual um but i have another yeah. question also sorry you want to say something go on ah, okay um i have another question 
also from Instagram, which is about self-discipline. No, go, self go on, I'm listening. Uh-huh. <laughs> There's a bit of like, sorry. Okay, but self-discipline is very important in sport. So do you have a good way to learn self-discipline? Do, do, um, let, let me just be sure that I got you correctly. Do I have mm -hmm. a good way to, um, to, to learn self-discipline? Mm -hmm. Is that, is that, is that the question? Yes. For people to learn self-discipline. So you see the thing, the thing about self-discipline is that it is, there is no, um, what's the word now? There, there, there's no magic pill to self-discipline, so to speak. You see, the way self-discipline works is you as the athlete, what is the cost that you associate to what you're trying to do? What is the cost that you're associating? If you have a training camp for three weeks, right? And in those three weeks, you're trying to party with friends. Um, um, you're trying to, um, you're not following your routine. Um, you're going off script. It means that you are not counting the cost of doing those things vis-a-vis -vis <coughs> training for three weeks, right? You haven't sat down to count the cost. Now, all these parties, those things that you want to do that are making you go off script, can you do them after the three weeks? What's the answer? The answer is yes. So if you don't do them within the three weeks, are you going to die? <laughs> is something going to drastically go wrong? Like, is it going to be catastrophic? So if it's not going to be catastrophic, if you're not going to die, why must you do it within the three weeks when you're supposed to be training, right? Yeah. So the whole idea of self-discipline is, are you counting the costs of not being disciplined? Do you understand? So the cost of you not following your three-week schedule in preparation for a fight is that you lose that fight, right? That's the cost, right? Will you be able to undo or redo that fight? Absolutely not. Those things that you want to do, right, that are preventing you from focusing on your camp, will you be able to do it after three weeks? Yes, you will. So it, it's, it's all about counting the cost of and the things that we are doing vis-a-vis -vis the goal that you set for yourself. You see, for a lot of people, a lot of athletes, as you say, because obviously it's athletes that are listening to this, you think you want something, but you don't want it as bad as you think thing that you do now obviously one of the things that i've talked about is 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 the kind of schedule that i have and how busy i am you see the only way or the only reason that i can be that busy i can have that schedule i've had two meetings today as i'm talking to you like this right <laughs> the only reason i can do that and continue to do all these things right is because i care deeply and i'm passionate about each aspect i could easily stop the podcast today and i'll be fine i could easily stop working with athletes and i'll be fine like literally i would be okay no issues whatsoever right but because i'm passionate about it right 
because I care deeply about it. I weigh the cost, right, of not doing those things, right? I love working with athletes. I want to continue to work with athletes. If I don't have a good podcast, will I be able to work with athletes? Absolutely not. If I'm not a good lawyer, would I be able to work with athletes on that business side, legal side? Absolutely not. So a lot of athletes don't count the costs of their actions. They feel like I can be ill-disciplined and I can still get the result that I want. Absolutely not. That's not how it works. And it usually does it that way. <coughs> Nice. Thank you, Tola. Um, okay, I actually only have one question left because you just go directly to the points and you answer all my questions even before I uh, ask them. But that's just perfect. But uh, I'm pretty sure you know. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you know the last question because it's always your last question in your podcast. So what do you think my question Which is, is now? What? Um, what's one thing they can do or something? Because I can't even remember. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Tola. What is what is one thing that the the athletes who are listening right now could start doing today if they want to master point fighting or just being a good athlete in general? Start with the fundamentals. You know, I I I cannot read really. You know, you know, it's it's human nature, right? for athletes to want to do complicated things, right? They have said this for so long that look, just drink more water. It's like, it can never be that simple. It can't be as simple as just drinking more water. Come on, there has to be some complicated thing. Use this drug, take this, take that. There has to be something, right? So you see for athletes, you always want, it's natural instinct to want the complicated things. You know, LeBron James is doing something complicated. Kobe Bryant is doing something complicated. Um, Cristiano Ronaldo is doing something. All these great athletes in all these different sports, you always think they're doing something spectacular. Talk about working with a mental coach. Now, I'm sure you would have had this issue as well, where you tell people you're working with a mental coach and they're like, what do you need that for? Isn't that for like elite athletes and all of that? those elite athletes themselves, they are working with mental coaches. So if you, as an athlete who is aspiring to get to that level, they are working with mental coaches, how much more you? So the one thing that you can do is focus on the fundamentals. You see those basics, those things that appear to be insignificant, those things that appear to be unimportant, those things that appear like, a six-year-old can do them. A seven-year-old can do them. I shouldn't be doing those things. Those are the things that you want to master. Those are the things you want to learn at a subconscious level. That's my one thing that you should do. Nice. I love that. Thank you so much, Tola. Um, where can people find you? Everything. Give yourself a shout out. <laughs> I love this laugh. <laughs> um, 
So you can find me. I'm on Instagram. I'm at Tola Oglame on Instagram. Um, obviously, you can follow the podcast at Athlete My Show. And I think you can look forward to probably an episode that myself and Kami are going to do in the near future, where, of course, we kind of like review, you know, some of the things that we've been working about, get her perspective on some of those things. So um, listen to the podcast, check out athletemyshow.com, and of course, follow me on Instagram at Tola Oglame. Exactly. And Tola is always giving really good advice for athletes, always like these DMs that he's had like 10 of in this episode, he's putting them in his Instagram almost daily. So you should definitely go follow him. Okay. Anything else you want to mention? Um, glad to be on. Thanks for having me on. I know that um, you were a little skeptical about asking me to come on because you thought that um, I won't be able to find the time or anything, but um, it was a pleasure to do this. So um, keep up the good work you're doing, especially with the new venture and the podcast, um, trying to guide, support, help athletes, because obviously the resources that you need are not out there. So you providing it, obviously great kudos to you. And of course, I look forward to continuing to support you as you go forward. Thank you so much, Tolan. That's very, very kind words. Okay.